This episode of The Winding Stairs is brought to you in part by FreemasonryArt.com. Today we continue the conversation about art in Freemasonry. The pillar of beauty is an important one because it adorns the labor of the worker. We will be discussing five art mediums that help support the pillar of beauty. You are listening to The Winding Stairs, episode 29. You have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the art of self-improvement. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda, and I thank you for joining me again as we continue our journey up The Winding Stairs. Today, we continue the conversation with Brother Ryan Flynn. This is from an interview that we conducted live a few weeks ago, in which we discussed Freemasonry and art, the relationship that art has with Freemasonry and the efficacy, the efficiency of delivering a message through the means of art. On today's episode, Brother Ryan and I will be discussing five art mediums that effectively deliver a message that supports the lessons in Freemasonry. And without further ado, here is the conversation with Brother Ryan J. Flynn on The Winding Stairs. One of the things that we want to discuss is five art mediums that you can find in masonry. And these are five mediums that can be very effective in the delivery of the lessons and the allegorical teachings that we can find in, in our system. We, were, we will be discussing five of them today. And, but let's start, start with the first one that we are very familiar with, which is painting. Um, it, can you give us a little bit of an idea of what you found in your research about the role that painting has had in masonry? Well, um, you know, the, the very obvious example is tracing boards. When you go back to the 18th century and early 19th century, you had tracing boards that were made before the printing process and the large format printing process was perfected and uh, those were paintings. And uh, in my research with them, because I just produced one of my own, it, it's quite remarkable how the Industrial Revolution kind of changed that. Um, actually, Patrick Craddock has a, a fantastic presentation on his aprons that we'll, we'll talk about later when he gets into what the Industrial Revolution did for uh, Masonic aprons. But, you know, before that whole mass reproduction thing happened, these, these tracing boards were lodge-specific, and these lodges had them made for their, their own stuff, I mean, for their, for their own lodge. And they were very personal. It was, that was our lodge tracing board. That's not your lodge tracing board. This is ours. We're very proud of it. We, it was a big deal when we took it out for our candidates. And it added this, like, really nice personalization to it. For the for those who might not know what a tracing board is, a tracing board is you can compare it to a chart that contains a lot of the symbols that we use in the various teachings of the degrees. So they're used to facilitate the visual learning and the visual association with the knowledge that is presented to the to the new candidate or the new uh, advanced yeah. brother. It also helps the, the person that's giving the teaching to keep track of all the, the lessons that have to be discussed during the ceremonies. 
And, you know, we, well, let's face it, some of the histories are quite long, too. And, you know, you got a guy who just went through a degree and you're getting this lecture, and uh, it, it can be a little bit daunting. We just used my tracing board for the first time in our watch, and it, it, it was remarkable to see how much better the presenter's ritual was, and the guys were glued to it. You know, it, it really adds a lot to it. And I really like that old style look when this is our tracing board because when you get into the you know the mid 1800s, the late 1800s, you know lithographs came out and every lodge had the same one all of a sudden, and you you lose that personalization to it. That's that's stuff that drives artists nuts. <laughs> you know why does everybody need the same thing? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's um, true. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, but it, it's a wonderful tool. They're fun to paint. It, it really is because it. There's so much involved in them, and um, even when you make mistakes, it, it, you, it's a learning experience for the artist too. Exactly, and that I think that's the key. That's the key word there, learning, because in some of the projects that I've conducted for for lodges, I, I want to make sure that what I put out is is something of great quality. Mm -hmm. That I spend the time making sure that I present things correctly. That I'm not making up stuff because this is something that's going to outlive me mm -hmm. so I, I wanted to be a good representation of, of, of who I was of course but one thing that that you do when you're painting is you're constantly learning absolutely not just technique but you're learning about the history of these symbols you're learning about mm -hmm. its uh, their application and and how to accurately portray them mm -hmm. so you know that's that's a benefit that the brothers have, regardless of what medium you are creative in. That's part of your of your process of of growth. You're learning as you're creating something to help other people learn. Yeah, and um, one of one of the things you just spoke about uh, leads me to another way paintings work uh, with masonry. Um, it outlives you. You know, I, I think every goal of an artist or every, you know, dream of an artist is to know that one of your works will be there, you know, a hundred years after you're gone. That's, you know, when I when I do my stuff, that's kind of what I like to think about is, you know, maybe my great-grandson will come find this in a lodge someday or something, God willing. Um, but there's an old-school thought to art that has kind of lost its way, and I have a recent example um, I was talking to a lodge, um, I, I do some certificates, we'll talk about those later, and they wanted to give a certificate to a very elderly person. And, you know, I started talking to them, I said, you, you, maybe you should think about this in, from an art, artistic sort of way. Let's be realistic, when, when he passes, where's that going to go? The family's going to do it, maybe it'll go up in the attic and stuff like that. But if you commission something like a portrait of this guy, the, this, this gentleman was uh, an officer in the lodge for 50 some odd years. I said, well, what if you did a portrait and put it in, in the lodge as an honorarium to him? Now you have nice. that work of art, you know, being part of the lodge and not just for him. And, and that's the old school kind of way of thinking about art that people are kind of pushing aside now. And uh, paintings are the perfect example of it because you, you can paint anything. It also adds to the traveling experience. Mm -hmm. One thing you hear me talk a lot, a, a lot about is the importance of traveling. And as much as I can, I have my limitations, but as much as I can, I try to visit different lodges when there's art in the walls, mm. when there are portraits of the people that pass through that lodge. Th those are conversation starters. 
those give you an opportunity to learn more about the history of that lodge, to learn more about masonry, and and to just feast your eyes. Mm -hmm. Some of the, some of these uh, paintings are uh, immovable, like the the Grand Lodge of Puerto Rico has some amazing murals. If you want to see them, you either see a picture online or you actually have to go to the lodge and see them in place, which is what I would recommend. Yeah, and it's it's historically that's the way it works for centuries. It's how do you build pride in in a, an organization? You commission art. The the Catholic Church, of course, they had always had the money to do it, but if you you know, a perfect example is is Italy. You go to all these towns and you see all these government buildings and they're just adorned with art. And you know, in Florence, a good example, they have art that they have celebrations for every year because they're so proud of that artwork. And that should be going into every lodge as well. Like you said, the, the Puerto Rico lodge, the, the, I'm sure they're extremely proud of that mural. As they oh, should. absolutely. Uh, it's an accomplishment for um, both the lodge and the artist. Um, absolutely. And um, that, needs to be, um, that needs to be brought back. It, it desperately does. Let's move on to the, to the next mm -hmm. uh, way in which art has played a role. And you mentioned it uh, earlier, the the aprons. The apron has had a role in in masonry that has been similar to a canvas. It's almost a, a place where you can express yourself. And mm -hmm. you were going to mention uh, brother uh, Patrick. Uh, the he's the he's the artist behind um, Craftsman's aprons. And he does a fantastic work illustrating some of the symbols of, of masonry. So uh, tell us a little bit more about what you know about the the aprons' role in art and masonry. Well, um, we were lucky enough to have Patrick come up to our lodge a couple of years ago and do a presentation on this very thing. And it kind of ties in with um, with what I said about the, the tracing boards. You know, they were very personalized. They were given as you know, wives would sew them for their husbands best friends in Lodge, and that, that was, you know, one of these great gifts that they would give. Um, you know, the Civil War people wore all these 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 uh, great aprons. And then the Industrial Revolution came, and, you know, this is the Master Mason's apron now. It has a square on it. You know, and, and it kind of just got mundane, and that whole idea of personalization kind of went, went haywire. Um, now, obviously, I don't know all the facts of it, and I do recommend if, if any lodge is looking for a speaker, uh, Patrick is, it's a fantastic uh, presentation. Um, but, you know, it, it's an it's a opportunity for a brother to really express what he loves about masonry. There's every brother out there has that symbol they love. They, they have that part of ritual that really hits them hard. Put it on your apron and be proud of it. And when people ask, talk about it. Um, and I know you. Um, I envy your work with the uh, with your aprons because it's so <laughs> controlled, and I look like an idiot when I paint. This. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hold the brush upside down, but it's gonna get what I want. But um, your, your your fine line work, I, I absolutely love. I, I appreciate that. And there's um, no way I'll ever be able to do it. <laughs> know, of course you will. You you're you're a great artist. <laughs> You know, uh, I wanted to mention before I forget that we, as as you you all know, I'm a member of the Masonic Roundtable, and and we we also bring brothers, we interview them, we have discussions about different topics in Masonry, and we had the pleasure of having Brother Craddock uh, come over to the Masonic Roundtable. So um, 
I encourage you, if you haven't listened to any of his lectures, uh, one good thing to do is to go to uh, watch that episode of the Masonic Roundtable where we talked about aprons and him you know him and I we geeked out about aprons <laughs> for a whole hour <laughs> yeah so uh, he he talks a lot about that about the fact that at one point it was that it was a very very personal thing that you would wear to lodge and when you come across the the aprons of of great men that we admire like George Washington they're very intricate very elaborate full of symbolism that is not just Masonic. Some of the symbols contained in these aprons are are personal. There are things of their careers, of their lives. And if you think about it, you know, the apron is the badge of a Mason. That's your badge. And you wear it, and you are in contact with it whenever you're in a meeting. You are with it constantly. <laughs> and you, in, in, the, in the process of the meeting, you might catch a glimpse at a symbol that reminds you of, of, of the lessons and you're in the perfect environment to be reminiscing about these lessons. Um, I, I think it's it's something special that I think should be more popular in, in my opinion in, in in masonry because that was one shock that I had. Whenever I joined masonry I thought that when I walked in to the, to the lodge room for the first time I was gonna see all these aprons hand-painted, hand-sewn and I was I was up for a shock when all of them were white and the only ones with decorations were were the officer ones. Mm -hmm. I thought everybody was going to have a personalized apron on. Yeah. Which is what got me started uh, making them. So yeah. I, I, the other aspect I like about it is and, it, and it's the art artist's uh, mindset. When you, when I see a work of art I like to go into why is it there and I think about it as as a piece and as a presentation. And, you know, when people see, you know, George Washington's apron, every Mason's probably seen the picture of it. Yeah, it's it's full of these symbols, but when I look at it, I'm like, why did he put this on here? Or why was this put on here? It's it's very specific in how it's done. And the the way it's organized and stuff, it's it's not just like the tracing boards of it. It's an, it's an original piece. And... Um, it, it puts you in that mindset, What and you start thinking, what did Washington stand for? Well, what part of masonry does that overlap in? And, and it's a great way to just kind of understand the past a little bit. And it would be like exactly like you said, it's the badge of a mason. So if you see someone coming in with a big Euclid's 47 period, all right, they're a lover of the arts, they, okay, let's talk. <laughs> um, you know, and... Uh, or a yeah. master. Yeah, or a master. <laughs> <laughs> No, and, and I, I really, I really like that. I really like seeing them. I like making them, and pretty much all of the ones that I've made that are very, very intricate, I've sold. So whenever I go to lodge with one of my own aprons, is a plain one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, still, I keep but, saying I'm gonna make one for myself, and I, it's like a tattoo. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. No, no I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, one, one of these days. Yeah, I can't settle on a design. The Winding Stairs is brought to you in part by FreemasonryArt.com. I recently published a new collection of art related to the liberal arts and sciences. As you know, Freemasonry expresses its teachings through allegorical means. These represented by symbols. Those symbols are powerful. 
Go to freemasonryart.com and you can see how I utilize these symbols to create a work of art that can remind you of the lessons contained within the different degrees in masonry. Go to freemasonryart.com. All right, so let's move on to the, the third art medium that plays a role in masonry and is Masonic documents. A Masonic document is something that a brother is going to keep for the rest of his life. Perhaps it's going to pass as an heirloom to one of his family members when he goes to the Celestial Lodge above. And it's not just a document. This is... It is... It's a statement. It's, mm -hmm. it's evidence of something great that happened in a brother's life. And I wanted to ask you, you very early on in your, in your Masonic artistic track began working on a series of Masonic documents. Can you tell us a little bit more about them? Yeah, I, um, when I studied art history, I was always fascinated with medieval art and early Renaissance art. I just loved the way it was done. Um, I love the symbol of symbolism. I love the technique, and I really liked illuminated documents. Um, it was just something that I, if you see them in person, they're they're incredible. Um, I was look, I'm lucky enough to have seen the Book of Kells in Ireland, and you're just looking at this and thinking about how much passion went into this and how much time. And you know, when I when I joined Masonry, I, I went through my degrees, and my lodge gave me this very nice certificate. Um, we, you know, with seal and all the signatures on it, and you know, I'm, I was looking at it and I said, you know, this is really great, but it's kind of just a photocopy. You, you know, you just got through this degree that said this is going to be the greatest honor of your life to join this fraternity, and you should treat it as such. And you know, here's here we got this at Kinkos for you, um, <laughs> and and that kind of and don't get me wrong, I I am forever grateful for that. It's framed in my bedroom. I I wake up and I see it every day. But I decided, you know, maybe there's there's a way to, you know, if someone wanted to give a gift to someone or, or a lodge wanted to really do something special, bringing that illuminated document into it. And for those who don't know what an illuminated document is, um, it's called illuminated because it's uh, a true one is done on vellum, uh, which is just calfskin, very, very thin and, and treated. And you either hammer or glue gold and other precious metals into it. Uh, and when the sun hits it, it glows, it illuminates. So um, I took it as an idea to to make some. I knew they were going to be very expensive to do, uh, so I, I came up with like a second tier one, which was just a, a G-clay print that I would hand accent with the gold and stuff afterward. And then eventually I said, all right, well, I might as well do the real deal too, um, which was, was scary because I have the worst handwriting in, <laughs> in America. Uh, doctors don't know what I write. <laughs> um, but uh, there it is, learning, you know. But um, I I do them for free for every master mason in my lodge now. Um, it's my way of giving back to my lodge, and you can tell it's special. It, it's it's not just a piece of paper. They don't get the real ones, by the way. Um, let's we'll put. That. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah, I, no. I, <laughs> We're gonna be raising the dues for that one. <laughs> I was gonna say I just I just made the decision to be yeah, a full yeah, member. <laughs> That's ancient York Lodge, Debra. <laughs> um, no, but um, you know it's it's just my way of giving back, and it it makes it so much more personal. And um, I know there are a lot of graphic designers out there who are masons, 
um, that is a very easy way to get back into your lodge and give stuff back to them. Yeah, I'd love you to, you know, buy mine. That's that's great and all, but you know, as as Juan and I discuss a lot, it, it's the best thing that both of us can do is motivate other artists to to start bringing it to the craft because it'll strengthen the craft art. And you know, if you want to buy it from us, that's fine. Hey, I don't mind. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah we we appreciate. That. <laughs> Let's get that yeah. straight. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it's it's. It's just that idea of making the documents more than just a piece of paper that that really hits home. Yeah, and and that's you know you touched on something too. There are brothers that are graphic designers and and work with computers and work with you know programming and developing. Your talent is also useful for your lodge. Every mm -hmm. lodge in in this at this day and age should have a functioning website should have a presence Absolutely. somewhere in social media and perhaps you're not you don't have to make a painting or a sculpture but you could create graphics for your lodge mm -hmm. and you're still using your talent for the betterment of the craft and and to help your your brothers so i encourage brothers to to consider that those of you who have talent mm -hmm. uh, i'd like to also remind the people watching live that we have uh, a question and answer section. I've already seen some questions uh, uh, from Brother Sean Haney, uh, Nicholas Lane, and, and among others. But one of the questions that I wanted to touch on very quickly, they wanted to see uh, illustrations of the tracing boards that you've created. We are going to share links in the descriptions. And we've had some brothers also take the initiative to post some of the links uh, already. So we appreciate for those that have done that. Thank you. The next art medium that that we we talked about was sculpture. We've talked about two-dimensional work from the very beginning. Now we're giving it an additional dimension. A 3D art is something that is very impressive. Mm. It's something that can convey a lot with, uh, with a with a little. You can you can say a lot with with a little, mm -hmm. and there are even in our modern practice of, of masonry some symbols that are sculptures. But first, uh, I wanted to speak with you regarding uh, what role do you think sculpture plays or has played in masonry? Well, I mean, it's the basis of masonry. I mean, if you study architecture like we're all supposed to, and you go to a cathedral, it's it's a work of art. Um, our operative brothers were masons, uh, were masons, and they were also artists. Um, if you've ever taken a chisel to a piece of stone, um, you know how much work it is. I, it's, it's, I can't imagine when you when you go to like some of these big cathedrals, like the Duomo in Milan, that has like a ridiculous amount of spires, and and you're just thinking about all these masons who just spent countless hours carving for this one huge piece. Um, so. You know, sculpture and masonry are one and the same. I've seen sculpture recently being added to to lodges from brothers who kind of dabbled in it, and it's great. Um, I saw someone doing a circumpunct. He, he knew how to bend metal, so he decided to make one for his lodge. And, you know, all of a sudden the lodge has this personalized work of art that's hanging on their wall, and it's really interesting to look at. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there who know how to cut wood, know how to um, 
shape wood, carve wood, even, you know, burn wood. You know, a lot of these, uh, it used to be a great pastime of, you know, like burning wood designs. Um, you know, those guys, you know, do a series of all the emblems of a master mason. Do blocks of them and then present them in lodge. Now you have a work of art in your lodge that's, you know, site-specific, it's yours, and it will be passed on before you. And, you know, that's just one example. I'm sure you have mm -hmm. a lot more. Yeah, one thing that I, when you mentioned architecture, we have, clearly, not all lodges are going to be very ornate and very, uh, very elaborate, but some have had the privilege of, of having some real three-dimensional work, some good sculpting, some friezes in the, in the in the architecture. And it's very impressive to actually see it and, and see how it varies when the light hits it from, from different areas. As the sun sets yeah. or it rises, you, you have a different work of art altogether. And it is inspiring to see different mediums of art and it's the whole reason why we're doing this. We want to talk about the role of art in general in, in masonry. And, you know, simply put, is is to inspire you and to remind you of these lessons. The the pillar of beauty, as we've alluded to in the title of the of of, of our event, it's it's important. It's a very important component, and yet sometimes it's not given the importance that it needs. Yeah, and it's one of those things that I think, you know, we're taught the several the seven liberal arts and sciences. Well, the only thing that I can think of that unites all seven is art. There's art in everything. There's art in music obviously, there's art in geometry, there's art in rhetoric, there's poems, there's po you know, poetry, uh, stories. You know, every aspect of the liberal arts can be portrayed in arts. And um, the role of a, a Masonic artist is is to do that in a way that both respects the craft and brings honor to it. There's so much you can do with art. It, it freaks you out. There's no way one person can be, yeah, I got it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. Yeah, yeah, you got. You all can go home. <laughs> I'm going to do a painting. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, now, the let's, let's move on to, to the final one, and... It, it is jewelry, and I wanted to, to talk about jewelry not just in the rings because it's, it's one of the most popular uh, jewels that we can think of, but jewelry, uh, like for the jewels of the lodge, we, we have famous brothers like Paul Revere who, who was a metal worker, and he created works of art as, as the jewels of the lodge that are still available today. And you have a, a, an interesting story about this. Um, yeah. Um, to hear. I, I, for, I um, grew up in Concord, Massachusetts, you know, with Battle of Lexington and Concord, and um, I didn't know at the time that Paul Revere started the uh, lodge there, a Corinthian Lodge, I think it is. In 2006, the year I was initiated, um, they were cleaning their attic and stumbled upon jewels that are thought to be made by him uh, in Paul Revere silver. So they invited everybody to um, to come and see them. And this was my first, I think I was in EA for like six days. And oh I got God. to come in here and I'm looking at all this Paul Revere, you know, potential Paul Revere silver laid out. Uh, the funny story was that there was two versions of how they found it. The first guy who was talking about it said, yeah, we were upstairs, I tripped over something and looked and I said, oh, this is shiny. 
And then the other guy who saw a couple of Indiana Jones movies before said, you know, it was high 12 and the beam of light shot down and illuminated the corner. <laughs> and I knew Brother Revere was speaking to me. <laughs> you know, uh, you know um, Revere is the perfect example of a Masonic artist at work. He was an artist. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be in, you know, outside of Boston. If you go to the MFA there, they have all of his silver and you realize how good this guy was. I mean, he was one of the best silversmiths of his time. Um, and he brought that into the lodge. He, he was obviously extremely active in the craft, but he brought all of his talents into the lodge in the form of jewelry, of, you know, metalwork, you know, plates, stuff like that. Um, and um, it's the perfect example. So there's a lot of guys out there, you know, jewelry making is, is a lost science. Um, it's one of those things that is it's not as popular as it used to be, and, uh, you know, you, you need a good shop to do it. But um, that doesn't mean that the lodge can't get together for an anniversary, like 150th anniversary of your lodge, and, and try to commission something, like a new master's jewel or something like that. I mean, that, that would be a great gift to your lodge. Um, if you got somebody in your lodge who's a joy, you know... <laughs> He needs yeah. to make that known because he's going to have a very good life in masonry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's very good, and because it's it if if you think of of the jewelry in 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 general, you know, here is a, a piece of art that you wear with you, just like the apron. This one though is is something that's a little bit more durable. It's not as easy to customize. This is something that takes a lot of hard work to to create just. You know, one of them, and but it's it's a treasure. It's something that you keep Absolutely. for f forever. This is something that truly lasts forever. So it's 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 a it's an art form that I am not very familiar with. I can admire it very much, and I know the very little that I know about it is is that it's difficult to create and it's very yeah. costly to create. But once it's created, is something that has the potential of of having a lasting effect mm -hmm. and, and you you can find a parallel there with when you do good work for for yourself and for masonry you know, it might be difficult for you to do something it might be uh, something that seems rare uh, or something that has been lost to time but if you really work hard and take the time to make this it's going to be a treasure for for those who come in contact with it absolutely I use the example of an anniversary, um, and I, I say this in my one of my uh, talks that I do. The, I, I find that art, and I'm extremely biased in this, uh, <laughs> um, I find that art is the, the greatest gift you can give somebody, especially a lodge. So if your lodge has an anniversary coming up, let's say, and, and you can plan far out. Let's say in 30 years you have a major anniversary, 175, about, you know, 200, um, or 50, or 30, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to say the, the dreaded words, raise your dues $5 and put it into a fund that's going to celebrate that date and celebrate it with art. You know, if you got 100 guys, five, you know, five bucks, it's 500 bucks a year times 30, okay, you got enough to put something extremely special into your lodge and some. Mm -hmm. And that is not a gift for you. That's a gift for you and every mason that's going to come. And, yep. you know, even a master's jewel, like if, let, do a silver master's jewel and, and, uh, have that passed down from generation because I guarantee you that will be treasured in your lodge for years to come. 
Well, there you have it. That concludes the two-part series of Art in Freemasonry with Brother Ryan J. Flynn. I hope that you find the conversation edifying and entertaining. I want to give a special thanks to the brothers that have left a rating and review on iTunes for the Winding Stairs Freemasonry Podcast. You make a difference when you do that. If you enjoy what I produce here on the Winding Stairs and you would like for other brothers to find edifying content that can help them in their journey up the Winding Stairs, please do me a favor. Take just a quick minute and go to www.thewindingstairs.com slash iTunes and leave us a quick rating and review. Let us know what you think. It's one of the tools that I use in order to find out how I'm doing. It's great to to hear back from the brothers that have listened to the program and, and read their feedback, see what they really think about the show. So if you can take a minute, I would greatly appreciate it. A special thanks to Brother Josh Huckabee, who has been helping me along with Brother Nick Johnson, Jason Richards, Victor Rosario in our group on Facebook. If you search inside of Facebook for the Winding Stairs Freemasonry Group, we have a group that is already 1,600 members strong and it continues to grow. In it, we have many excellent discussions about Masonic topics, share our opinions, and you want to be part of that community. So if you haven't done so yet, make sure to go to thewindingstairs.com and click on the social media links and you can add our group there. A special thanks to Brother Ben May from Virginia. Uh, Brother, Brother Ben, you know what you did was exemplary. Thank you very much. And thank you to Brother Jason Richards who helped me in a difficult situation that I had the past week. Thank you, Brother Jason. As you might know, Brother Jason Richards is one of the brothers from the Masonic Roundtable, along with Brother Robert Johnson, Nick Johnson, John Rourke, and myself. We, we host the Masonic Roundtable where we have weekly discussions about Freemasonry. To learn more about it, go to themasonicroundtable.com or search for the Masonic Roundtable on YouTube. Finally, I hope that you enjoyed this program and you can internalize the lessons within it. Clearly, I have a passion for art, and so does bro uh, Brother Ryan. But we know that people enjoy looking at beautiful things. When you go to Lodge, it's great if you can go to a Lodge that shows pride in the pillar of beauty. If you're a brother who is talented, see if it's possible for you to contribute to the pillar of beauty by putting your talents to the service of the craft. Are you a musician? a poet, are you an artist, a calligrapher, regardless of what your art medium is, see if there is something that you can do to help your lodge become stronger and more beautiful. That's it for now, and until next time, may your steps be firm and your path illuminate as we continue our journey up the winding stairs.